What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the QO Sports Network podcast. Today is episode number eight, which is absolutely insane. About two months of us doing this, episode eight. But yeah, episode eight now, and uh, episode eight was a great episode. Today we interviewed Carly Solinger, the girls soccer player who's committed to Army West Point, and then Ben Strober and I went through what the QO football team would have looked like in 2020. And just a bit of a preview on their season, went through the offense and the defense. So I hope you all enjoy this episode. Um, you know, it was a great one. Make sure to listen to the whole thing. And we'll uh, see you guys again next week. And we are now welcoming on Carly Solinger to the QS Sports Network podcast. Carly, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. And uh, so, Carly, first of all, you know, you started off your QO career pretty much, you know, with a bang. You know, starting as a freshman, you had some great accolades as a freshman. What was that like to come in right away and make an impact? Um. Well, it was really exciting because... Before, like, I always wanted to play on varsity and make varsity as a freshman. So, like, coming in and then making the team was really exciting. And then finding out I was starting games was, like, really, like, exciting because, like, that's just what I wanted. So I knew I had to, like, work for it. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, I, if I if I remember correctly, your first goal at the varsity level was in overtime against, what, Clarksburg, right? Um, I can't really remember. Um, I mean, I I think I remember it being from my time back in your guys were in the same grade our freshman year when I was writing a couple articles about the team. I believe it was in overtime, or I mean, even not just in general about you know what's that like to score a goal in front of a big crowd and you know, to hear that, hear your name across the loudspeakers. What's that like to, you know, be in that moment? Uh, Well, I was, I really wanted to score. So when I did that and it helped us, like the team, I was really excited. So I couldn't really hear like the loudspeaker because the fans were just so loud. So it just, it was like really exciting. And I was like happy and that I helped the team and stuff. Yeah, and one of the like most interesting things I think when you ever have like when you have the ball, the first time I saw this, it was like astonishing. I, I forget what game this was, but you touched the ball, and just everyone on the other team, the whole other sidelines, like screaming, "Watch for the shot!" And you have probably one of the best shots in all of Montgomery County. How like how much time do you put into just really working on your shot compared to other points of the game, and how much do you think that helps you as a player? Um, I probably spend about an hour twice a week, um, working on my shots because I know that as a midfielder, I have, I don't really get up close chances. So I have to like work on the far shots. So, cause, so like, I will like go out like twice a week for an hour and just work on those shots to make sure like I can perfect them. Yeah. And, um, this past year I mean you you also kind of took on more of an attacking role right because 
Yeah, I we switched our formation to a four four two. So me and Natalie got pushed up into the forward positions. Yeah, how how are you able to adjust your game from normally playing midfield to really getting more of an attacking role? Well, I was nervous at first because I haven't played striker since a very long time. So mm-hmm. um, I kind of talked with Nat and she because she was more of like a forward type person. So um, while working together with her, I she, I talked to her and like we talked about her playing more up more and me like getting the ball and then like playing it off. So I was still kind of being like a midfielder, like doing what they do. I was just higher up on the field. Yeah, and this is kind of sticking towards this last point, but also moving away. When we interviewed your um, coach, like I think it was a month ago at this point, one of the main things that she talked about was the sisterhood throughout the team. How much do you think that affects you guys? And then also, you know, how does that, you know, kind of start for you you guys to have that sisterhood where it all, you can tell – that you guys are more than just teammates? Um, I think us being so close helps the team because we just have that connection and that bond. So we'll like work well together by like passing and stuff. So that like helps us tremendously. And then um, what was the second question? <laughs> like, I guess kind of how does that chemistry and that, like how did it, how does it all start? Is it just something that right when you go into the program you feel, or is it more of like just it started off at one point of the year and you know what's what's like it, I guess it go through? Yeah, so for me, right when I joined the team, everyone was so welcoming. Like there was no like like I'm a senior like telling you like being like overpowering and anything. So everyone just kind of like connected very well from the star and everyone was just so nice and welcoming yeah and um the uh, um so kind of straying away from that team standpoint now this past year you know you were named first team all state as a for your sophomore season yeah i believe yeah you know what was that like when you first found out and you know how much did, did, did that kind of make you feel like, wow, like, I just did that? <laughs> yeah, so um, I was actually very surprised because in the beginning of the season, after we played Damascus, I asked Coach Peg and asked her, like, how, how is that? Like, how do I get that? And she says it what she said, um, it's not really, like, normal for sophomores to get it. It's usually juniors and seniors. So that kind of bummed me, and then I thought, like, oh, like, okay, I might not get it this year. So when I found out I got it, I was pretty, like, excited and surprised. Yeah, and, you know, it's also, do you think that might have kind of helped you a bit to motivate you more and really get that, to, you know, kind of hear that it's not likely for people your age and grade to get it? Yeah, pretty, like, kind of motivated me to like like work more and like know that I can like accomplish more because now like I'll have like I'll try to work to get that again when we have our season back on and I'll try to like I can't I know that there's Gatorade player of the year and I kind of want to work to that now Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah and um 
you know, kind of sticking on this situation of you, you were the first Quince Orchard student in the class of 2022 to commit to a college. And it was Army West Point, which is probably one of the harder places to commit, just considering how much around it. And, you know, what was going through your mind and why did you pick Army? Yeah, so since um, eighth grade, I knew I wanted to go to West Point because so my sister was there. So I was always like going up to the campus, going to the soccer games. Um, and while I was there, like I fell in love with the campus. So um, by ninth grade, I started reaching out to like the coaches and like because I knew I wanted a military school because I didn't want just like a normal mm-hmm. college. I wanted that military aspect. So, Mm -hmm. and I started like writing the coaches and like, that's cause like I knew I wanted to go there. And so. And, you know, you talked about, you just mentioned that your sister played there. How much do you think that helped you as a player to already kind of know what you need to do to play at the next level? Um, she helped me a lot because she told me like, it's not the same as high school or club. Like the level is so much higher. So I knew that I needed to start, like, working more to, to like, get what I wanted. And um, I really want to, like, go in there and hopefully start. So I know I have to, like, now, like, work harder and, like, become better, like, every day. So I can, like, try to get that starting spot when I go in there. And what's it like to commit to a place like West Point where it's obviously so different from – any other place just you know it's one of the military academies and it's not easy to get into is it different at all for athletes or do you still have to make sure to work through that same rigorous stuff um it's kind of like the same you just talk to the coaches and stuff the only difference is you have to know that you like want that military background because like once you're in there it's like um by like your junior year I guess you're kind of like stuck there (laughs) I would say Mm -hmm. so you have to like know that you want that but the process is mostly all the same with other schools yeah isn't isn't the rule that before two years you can leave but after two years you then if you leave after two you then still have to like go into the reserves or something like that I mean there was one point where I thought that's what I wanted to do then I kind of realized that it wasn't yeah it's not for everyone but um by your junior year, the first class you have, once you enter that class, you're, like, stuck in the school and you owe the military, like, eight years or something up to that. Yeah, and, you know, you had last year another player who was committed to a good school in Lindsay. And, you know, how is that to be able to, you know, kind of see – the process that she went through to kind of prepare for playing at the college level. And do you think that helps you at all? Um, I, I don't think I was really with her while I, she never really talked to me about her process, but I know that it was like exciting for her and that's what she really wanted. Um, so I can't really like, like say, like answer that question fully. Yeah, it's fine. Um, so, um, you know, also, you know, your coach, Coach Peg, she, you know, played at a Patriot League school, too. Has she ever kind of joked around saying, you know, 
whenever you get to Army, Holy Cross is going to beat you guys. Oh, no. She hasn't. I mean, considering how much I've talked to her, I wouldn't be surprised if she ever reaches out to you once you're there and, you know, whenever you guys play I think when we'll play them, she will, but we'll Mm -hmm. we'll see about that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, um, you know, obviously right now, with everything that's going on right now would be kind of the peak of the season. Like right around probably, I think right now would be state playoffs somewhere around there. How do you think the team was going to look this year? And do you think you guys would have had the chance to, you know, make it all the way to the state finals? Um, I think we would have, we would have looked good. Definitely. Um, I don't know all the freshmen that were coming in, so I didn't know all the new talent we were going to get. So I wasn't, so I'm not sure if we would made it to the state, like finals and stuff, but, um, Mm -hmm. but we would have, I definitely think that with Peg and stuff, we would have like became like really well, we would work together and we would have just had the, that sister bond again. Yeah. And I mean, you guys really, there wasn't much that you guys would have lost for last year you know considering i Lindsay was you know one of the top players that you guys lost but i mean rachel is so good back there too that you know she can kind of take over as that star yeah definitely and we had maddie that was also gonna fill in Mm -hmm. so i think like position wise we were good but it's just Mm -hmm. i didn't know any of the new talent so that was something yeah. And when it comes to, you know, I guess going back to what we talked about near the beginning, you know, your freshman year, it wasn't just you on varsity. You were there with Rachel and Grace for most of the season. And I believe, you know, a couple more came up by the playoff times when call ups happened. But how much do you think that helped to, you know, not just be alone on varsity? Because, you know, I've heard of in like some other sports, if they're like alone on varsity, it can be kind of threatening how much do you think having those two other players with yeah you um it was nice having them because I got a lot closer with them because we like were like talking and like relating to stuff and we just like helped we all three helped each other like get through it I guess you could say but yeah mm-hmm. it was really nice having them I mean when you you know first you know found out you were on varsity was it a, was it just like a complete you know sigh of sigh of relief and you know how how you know how did it make you feel you know what how excited were you when you first found out uh, so I was really stressed during those tryouts because I really like wanted to make it so by the end when Peg like finally told me like I was on the team I was like relieved that I didn't have to like feel stressed anymore but I like still Mm -hmm. did because I still wanted to like start playing and stuff not just like sit on the bench but I was, like, happy because, like, I finally made it and I could, like, put that off and, like, focus now on something else. Yeah, and, you know, that's, that's like, always, at least, I guess, I'll, you know, kind of relate this to me. I was kind of in a similar situation last year on the lacrosse team where I was just really fighting to make varsity. And then I got lucky and made it at first, but then I was still being told that I could get brought down every day, even though I was, like, starting. And it just it's that sigh of relief. And then also no one wants to sit on the bench. And, you know, I, I can tell this just from watching you just this interview and it's, you have that, I guess, 
competitor mentality where you always want to be on the field and you know no one ever wants to yeah. sit on the bench. And um I I I don't have any more questions. Carly, thank you so much for coming on. Thank and you for having job. me. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um hopefully you guys can have a season in the spring. You know, nothing is definite right now. Uh sounds like unfortunately Montgomery County isn't going to be playing starting December 7th, but I mean, with everything going on, that makes sense. Hopefully everything clears up by the spring. You know, we'd all, you know, love to see you guys play. Hopefully uh, you guys can fight back against Churchill and, you know, redeem yourselves for, you know, unluckiness last year and all of that stuff. So thank you so much once again for coming on. Thank you for having me. Of course, have a great day. Hello, everybody. I hope you all enjoyed that last interview. Now, Ben and I are going to go over just what QA football would have looked like during the 2020 fall season. Now, this might have been a little, it might be a bit different if there's a season in the spring just because of people that are graduating early and stuff, but this is what it would have looked like if we had a season last fall. Ben, how are you doing today? Doing well, Adam. And so Ben's going to bring us a bit through the offense, although I'm going to jump in a lot and say a lot of stuff. I'll go through the defense. Ben will probably jump in. So uh, start things off, Ben, can you give us a bit of a, you know, of course, Brian was going to start at quarterback, but on offense, other than him, what else were we expecting to see? Well, this year, I think we would have seen a jump in uh, Brian's rushing touchdowns because last year he had 23 passing with four rushing. But with the loss of uh, Quez at running back, I think we might have seen him in more of a versatile role, possibly running more, especially in his senior year. But um, otherwise, for any things that are going to be new for the offense this year is obviously losing Quez is going to be um, you know the biggest thing that's going to be changed with the offense. But not far behind him, Jeremiah White, he would have been the, the starting running back for this team and. You know, he's obviously really good. And his sophomore year, when Quez was a junior, even as the backup running back, you know, he was really good. He he broke away from any long touchdowns. And what's different from him with Quez is that he has, like, the most elite speed I've probably ever seen for a running back. And he's also he's also taller. He's probably 6'1". So he would have been a different style back, but I think he would have rushed easily for 1,500 yards, probably, like, 20 touchdowns easily. He's He's really good running back. Oh, definitely. And I'm going to talk about kind of two of those points that you just made. First of all, I really think that something that Brian needed to do to elevate his game is run the ball more. I mean, he's a big guy. He's 6'4", probably around 220, 215. And whenever he ran, it was it went really well, but he just didn't do it all the time whenever he had a chance to run the ball. I would have hoped to definitely see that more from him. And, yeah, I mean, Jeremiah is just – He's fat, probably faster than Quez. He doesn't have that same just, you know, completely insane agility that Quez does, but, you know, no one does. And, yeah, like you said, it would have been a bit different, but, I, you know, those two guys probably would have had great seasons. Quez, on the other hand, you know, this is coming out Wednesday. We're currently recording this. It's Tuesday at about 7 p.m., so if you hear any weird reactions from us maybe some polls are closing because you know election and a reminder you know everything's going to be okay just uh hopefully you guys can get a break from everything listening to this but um you know on the other hand quez wednesday night on espn plus he got the starting job at kent state as a true freshman that's just absolutely outstanding 
you rarely see true freshmen ever start and you know so happy for Quez he's you know one of the one of our favorite guys to ever talk to at the Kyo Sports Network he's awesome you know hopefully we'll have him on as a guest soon but congratulations to him ESPN plus next week Kent State plays on ESPNU I believe it's Tuesday night football some action but keep an eye out for him but you know coming back to you know the offense of this year at the receiver and core you know losing swag and Ryan Luke I believe you know not easy what what was going to be there to return then or to come back to come in so uh returning at receiver actually would have been Ryan Ali who had been a senior this year and uh he's also he's a he's a very he's pretty small he's probably about five six five seven maybe the tallest but uh He's also got really good speed, so I think he would have been a really good deep ball threat for Brian and uh, probably a guy that you get the ball in the flat and put some space and run. Also coming in is a transfer from DeMatha. I believe his name is Khalid Jones, and I don't have too much information on him from what I know, but uh, I think he's about six feet tall, so probably be another guy, be a swag-type threat because I think he's about similar size as uh, swag was, so be interesting to see how he plays. Yeah, and something that, you know, I've really heard and back a couple interviews ago with Ryan Barnes is that this was finally going to be the year that Coach Kelly said, screw it, we're putting the best 11 guys on the field all the time. So that means, you know, I think I heard that, that we also. would have, yeah, we would have seen Simpkins or Ryan Barnes. Barnes Ryan Barnes and Will Simpkins at receiver, which would have just made the offense so much more elite. I mean, imagine those, you know, they've got hands, they've got insane speed. And then also when it comes to their own game, we were talking about this with Ryan, knowing what receivers do because you're a receiver yourself could help out their games themselves. And that, that would have just elevated the offense so much. And I, I was really, really excited to see them, you know, couple guys graduating early so we won't see that offense in full effect at those skill positions but you know also uh, you didn't touch on this but there's a couple guys who have been in the QO program for a long time who were supposed to come up on varsity you know we would have seen Makai Walker who was on varsity last year probably play some receiver of course the younger brother I believe half brother of Alex Twine who played at Maryland as a linebacker also we would have seen so Omar play receiver. What position does Omar play? Uh, Omar Cruz, he is a linebacker. I, I wasn't sure. Yeah, but we also would have seen Braden Heflin, who's got some insane speed. He is he's a really speedy guy, been in the QO program for a long time. He's a, a star. Avon Jackson. Yeah, and Avon Jackson, him too. You know, two stars at receiver, probably at least on, on JV would have came in and been you know, really impressive, really successful guys. And then, you know, finally outside of the skill position, Ben, what, what do you think of that? defensive line or offensive line I apologize what it looked like so offensive line lost a lot of guys obviously they lost uh you know Thomas DeCastro as a three-year starter Colin McCarthy and Diego who are Diego and Colin obviously both going to be playing college football Diego over at Robert Morris and uh Colin's up at uh Saint what's that school called again so uh, I believe Saint Maria and then Thomas is also playing I believe at a D three school in Wisconsin. I can't remember the name exactly, but he's also playing in college. Yeah, so obviously that'd be a, a big loss for them. But with the transfer of uh, William Thomas Leatherwood, is playing at Lawrence University. Sorry, 
So uh, William Leatherwood, who's transferring over from good counsel, would most likely be the le- uh, one of the tackles of this team, along with uh, Connor McDonald, who was a starter last year. So they're looking to see a lot of improvement out of Connor because, you know, I've been seeing him on Twitter. He's, I mean, he's really strong. He, he I mean, I've seen him, he, he bench presses, squats. He squats a ton of weight. That kid is always in the weight room. And I think he could be really good offensive lineman. And, and I saw a lot of good things out of him last year. But, um, I mean, Will's a, Will's a big kid. I went to elementary, middle school with him, and he always played football back then, and he was always just a, a huge kid, strong, a lot of knowledge of football, has been playing his whole life. So I think he uh, he really be a great lineman for this team. And he's actually picked up a few offers recently I've seen on Twitter, so congratulations to Will. Um, I think also we could have seen, not just from the offensive line, but returning player, longtime program player Alex Schreier, um, we could have seen him playing some fullback or possibly tight end. I mean, he's also just really strong, fundamentally sound football player. And, um, yeah, I think those guys would have been, like, the pretty key guys, the offensive line. You know, I think they'd create a lot of holes. So, Jeremiah, break free, and just, you know, overall protecting Brian. I think um, I think they'd be pretty good. And they, they have a lot to live up to with last year's O-line. But I think I think they'd be uh, – they'd hold their own. I think they'd be really good. Yeah, definitely. You know, losing all of your left side of the offensive line is never easy, especially when that includes the center. But, you know, well, William Leatherwood coming in and Connor McDonald, as you were saying, I think if we would have had a season, he would already have some top division one offers. Like, I think he would have probably had a power five offer from now. You know, he's got the For size, sure. he's, he's got the strength. He's fast, too. I mean, you know, offensive line in a position where you need to be playing a lot, and he started last year. I think he would have 100% had at least a top power five offer by now, but, you know, probably if not that, even a bit less. And then also at running back, we forgot to mention Brandon McBride. He got a decent bit of time last year. You know, we probably would have seen him yeah, he's, a little he's bit. He's very underrated. I think Brandon McBride also could be a great second back on this team. Yeah, definitely. But that that offensive line probably could have struggled a bit. I think there would have but... been growing pains, obviously, with a new offensive line. That's very common. But I think, you know, as the season went on, I think they'd progressively get better and better. Yeah, definitely. But, I mean, I think that's kind of all we have for the offense. I think I don't think they would have been as good as last year. But that's what happens when you lose one of the best players. It's tough to lose I mean, a guy that rushes for, you know, 2,000 yards. I mean, you, he's one of, if not 100% top three best running backs in county history, one of the best running backs in state history. You know, he's just absolutely insane in Quez. Never easy to lose a guy like him. And, you know, Jeremiah really didn't get that much time at running back last year. He was actually starting on defense at linebacker. Oh, yeah, he was second team all county. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was, he was a really good defender, and he that just shows how much of an athlete he is. But, yeah, it really wouldn't have been – it would not have been good. It's not good to lose a guy like Quez. And as I said earlier, he's going to be starting tomorrow or today as the time this comes out. And, you know, make sure to watch him. It, it'll be on ESPN+. Plus. It's only $5 a month. I have it. Great. Recommend it. And I believe there's a free trial if you just want to watch the game and then, you know, cancel that after. <laughs> Last thing I'm going to say about uh... – you know, the running backs for this year is uh, I think the season was so important for guys like McBride and, and White because uh, Jeremiah does have a few offers from some smaller Division One schools like uh, Kent State, I believe he has an offer from in some schools. But 
I mean, especially with his size and his speed, I really think that um, he could be a power five kind of guy, especially if he had a, a full season to really show what he's capable of because he's always been, you know, running behind Quez, which is, you know, never an easy thing to do. But even then, he was still showing the elite skills he possessed at running back. And I think even Brandon McBride could get off for his playing because I think he's also really good, and he just never really got the opportunities he had with Quez and the team too. Yeah, you know, we we never know what's going to happen with these guys, but I really hope that Jeremiah decides to go like the Juco route instead of taking a smaller Division One offer because, if, I mean, obviously out of a smaller Division One, you can transfer to a D1 school, but I feel like he's a guy who can shine at the junior college level and end up, end up you know, going, and going power five like so many people have. And I think I think that'd be very good for him. But, you know, we never know. And, you know, hopefully that we hopefully we can have a season in the spring and you know that'll help him. Yeah, I really hope in for, the I really hope for a lot of those guys, especially the seniors and juniors this year, that they have a season because this is, you know, the more most important, you know, seasons of their career right here. Yeah, 100 percent. Definitely. And um, I think that's all we have on the offensive side. Yeah, Let's talk defense. Yeah. Talking defense, I mean, I think that this defense had a very big possibility to be the best defense in Montgomery County football history. No question. I mean, just starting on the defensive line, I mean. Unbelievable. Obviously, you have Chop, who is someone that you have to talk about, and then also Marcus Bradley. I mean, those are two of the best players in Quince Orchard history. Unfortunately, Marcus no longer committed to the University of Maryland, but Chop still is. You know, those are two obvious Power 5 guys. I wouldn't be surprised if Marcus ends up committing to a school like Georgia or you know, maybe Alabama, Clemson, one of those top-tier schools, just considering how good he is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we'll see anything with him. But, you know, outside of them, I mean, that it didn't end on the defensive line they brought in two transfers who were both probably gonna have pretty good years one of them out of Einstein Marcel Chapman he's a you know defensive line outside linebacker he started there he was a great player for Einstein he would have been really good on the defensive line also Christian I believe it's pronounced P I geez it's P Pied Rahita. I've, I've seen not, him not, on not, Twitter. He's, he, that guy's really good. Oh, yeah. He, he transferred him from Blake at the defensive line position. You know, both of them, I think, would have been really, really good there. Then also, you know, they uh, return, although now he could actually play. Gabe, um, Gabe, uh, what's, what's it called? Um, oh, the, guy, he, the one the, who was injured last year, right? Yeah, the brother of Diego, who they also lost on the offensive line. Yeah. yeah. But Diego, his brother Gabe, he would have played defensive line. He was out with an injury all year, but he probably would have been really good. But, I mean, that defensive line would have just been absolutely insane. I'll, I'll talk about linebackers in just a minute. But, I mean, I have to talk about the secondary, and I think it easily would have been the best secondary in Maryland public school history. I mean, like, oh my, like, Will Simpkins committed to Virginia. Ryan Barnes committed to Notre Dame. Then also, that's not the end of it. 
also you have <coughs> sorry I apologize you have um, a new transfer Steven Sanyola who has offers from Maryland Pitt Boston College Toledo Old Dominion and then Bryce Barnes the brother of Ryan who has offers from Michigan East Carolina Toledo that is four guys with power five offers two of them being committed in the secondary, Bryce was most likely going to play at safety along with Steven, and then the two cornerbacks in Ryan Barnes and Will Simpkins. But, I mean, those four together, I mean, there's nothing better than that. All four of them are outstanding players. And, I mean, what would a team do? And, you know, they also had Jalen Hussey come in as a transfer. He is coming from Middletown, he is class of 22, so, you know, if we, there's a full season next year, he'll play. Steven and Bryce are also 22. And then also another transfer, Donovan Brown from Watkins Mill. He was one of their better players last year. He played everything for Watkins Mill. He played some quarterback, wide receiver, safety. He would have been a good player, and I mean, there's really nothing better and a bit of a tangent here, but they matched up perfectly. I mean, could those Quince Orchard versus Northwest games would have been absolutely. I don't know what happened, but um, as I was saying, if you know before it got cut out, I have no idea what happened. Welcome back, Ben. But um, those QO versus Northwest games would have been absolutely insane because just, you know they have. Caden, uh, Peter, Peter, right? Peter, I believe what Keita Waka, who transferred from Watkins, Watkins Mill. Mill too. Two guys who are two of the best receivers in the county. The county, two of the best receivers in the state of Maryland. Those games would have been absolutely insane, and it would have given QO a good chance to win. And I, I would have, I was so excited to see that, and very disappointed that we won't be able to but hopefully we can you know some other time hopefully later this year maybe next season with peter you know caden will be in college by then but hopefully we'll see kind of the remnants of it and then at linebacker the final position on defense frankie gaka was returning and uh, he's got a couple top offers he's a really really good player and he was, you know, really not talked about that much on the defense last year. You know, Chop, Marcus, Charles had all of the spotlight, but Frank had one of the best seasons out of anyone. That guy, yeah, that guy's a beast. Yeah, he, he really is a beast, and um, would have been very excited to see what he does, and you know, hopefully. We'll see him in the spring. If not, he'll be playing at the next level. He's got a couple offers. But, I mean. And you want to know something uh, interesting about Frank? Uh, You know, other players on the team have told me that Frank ran a a 4-5-8-40 or something like that. And he said that he was sore that day. So, I mean, that just shows that, especially at at middle linebacker, that speed, that's, that's crazy. That's That's insane. And then also at linebacker, we could have seen Jeremiah White. Yeah, he might have been playing just both ways. Just like, you know, Coach Kelly is going to put guys both ways for, like, Barnes and Simpkins. You probably would have seen the same thing with Jeremiah because, you know, Jeremiah, second-team all-county, I think he had, like, 50, 60 tackles, something like that. He had a really good year on defense. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, that, that defense was going to be just so good. Like, absolutely insane. And I, there was, you know, nothing more that you could ask for to see great defense. And in addition to that, a very good offense. And, um, you know, I'm heartbroken that we wouldn't, that we, uh, can't see it but you know hopefully in the spring as i said if not those stars will be playing on saturdays the next four years uh, unfortunately only one of them at university of maryland after marcus's decommitment and chop hope he'll, he'll probably get some playing time right away that defensive line for maryland has been absolutely horrific even then you know beat minnesota that was an insane game offense looked good there yeah Talia tongue he looked great Raheem jarrett looked good of Dante course, he went Demis to is really good too. St. John's. Oh, yeah. Excited to see what Maryland offense does. But, uh, you know, this is the Kiowa Sports Network podcast, not the Maryland podcast. Although, maybe next year, if we keep this going, we'll talk some Maryland football with Chop being there. But, you know, also you have Ryan Barnes at Notre Dame. They play on NBC every Saturday. That's national television. He'll be on there. Um, Will will be there, Marcus. And then I wouldn't be surprised if a couple other guys. Are two, and then hopefully in a couple years we'll see them playing on Sundays too. That's all we can hope for. I mean, they they've got a chance if they can keep up their work ethic, if they can be as successful in college as they've been in high school. Um, it's definitely possible, and we, you know, you can look at something as these guys are dominating high school, and a lot of people were saying, sorry, another tangent, but you know. <laughs> A lot of people were saying about Brian Breeze is that look at the guys he's going against. They're so small. They're not going to be – he's not going to be that good once he plays in college at Clemson. He has been dominating at Clemson. He was one of the reasons that they beat Boston College. He had a huge play that caused the safety at the end of the game when Boston College could have drove the field and won it at the end. He has been dominating, which means I think that Marcus and Chop and Will and Ryan can all do the same because it shows how good the county is. If a guy like Brian can dominate and then he can still dominate in college and, you know, some of these guys are recruited as much as, as Brian. And, you know, I just think it shows how good they are, how good the County is. And, you know, they're just going to be insane into college level. And I can't wait to watch them. Yeah. I think, I think we're definitely going to see at least one. I I think multiple definitely possible. I think we're going to see some people playing in the NFL someday. On Sundays, you know, yeah, definitely. And that's, that's really going to be probably the most special thing if that really happens. I think, you know, look if you look back on it, you'll, be, you'll, you'll think about how special it was. You got to watch those people play in high school and just completely dominates and how crazy it is that they're there now. Yeah, and, you know, they've got a chance. You know, I mean, some of those guys have, you know, most insane work ethic that I've ever seen. You know, Chop, he's got great story great work ethic you know i i hope that he makes it more than anyone really and although you know i hope all of them do but you know just, i mean chad ricardo did a great piece with him and you know chop's been through so much and you know we really hope that he can make it to the league and he, he deserves it and you know he's staying home going to the university of maryland and there's been defensive linemen out of the university of maryland that have been very successful at the nfl level you know you're just like Mark the who's now a baltimore raven how do you pronounce, Sorry, how you pronounce his name? The Ravens mm-hmm. guy. Ngakwe? Yeah, Ngakwe. Yeah, he's he's yeah. terrific. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's at he's at Maryland now. He was a local kid who decided to stay home when he could have gone elsewhere. And 
it's definitely a possibility. And then, you know, Ryan going to Notre Dame, definitely a possibility. And, you know, I guess I think that's all we have talking about offense and defense, uh, special teams. I really don't know what we would see. Uh, you know, I'm not too sure who the kicker and punter would be. Both graduated in Carson, Burke, and uh, Stephen Williams, probably one of the bigger punters in county history. But um, he, he was a great punter. It'd be tough to replace Charles, the kick returner, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely. But, I mean, you, know, you could probably see guys – Maybe Jer- like Ryan Jeremiah or Will or Jeremiah, huh? Jeremiah could probably be a great kick returner. That's oh, yeah, mean. definitely. I, th- I think there would have been guys who would have been able to. Ryan Ali also, I know, is back there for return, so I assume he would also have been in that back line catching a lot of kicks too. Yeah, they, pro- they probably would have been just fine there. I don't see any reason why they wouldn't be. But, you know, in addition to that, saying after that, um, you know, we could maybe do a bit of a run through of the schedule, and I think that they would have had a really, 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 really good chance at going undefeated. You know, the one spot that I think would have been a struggle is Northwest Damascus. Yes, it would have been at Damascus. It's never easy to win at Damascus, but you know, they lost their best player. There, you know, I think Damascus could have been a win for Quince Orchard especially with them losing Brian, who was their star. I think Damascus could have been a win outside of that. They play the normal Montgomery County schedule. That is winning every game 50 to nothing and, you know, all of that stuff. And then the Northwest game would have been really good. I think it would have been one of the better Q of Northwest games in a long time. For sure. And then obviously, you know, in the event that they were able to beat Northwest and, regular season and most likely again in the postseason because they always end up playing in the postseason some way. Then it would be a matter of playing against uh, probably Wise again. I think Wise is going to be really good, just like they were last year. Yeah, man, Wise is is something else. You know, their their quarterback, wide receiver tandem between uh, Jaden Saturday and Jalil Farouk. Yeah, Farouk is is really good. Yeah, so, I mean, I I had the chance last year to uh, cover the Northwest Wise game. Uh, for the town courier, um, you know, they're on the field and geez, why they're, they are a big team. They are a good team and they, they were going to be really, really good this year. And that would have been a great game if it was Northwest wise again, or if it was QO wise, you know, that, I, that probably would have been the state championship game unless, I don't know. A team like North Point could have come back, or I thought North Point something was else. Three A. Actually, yeah, you're right. North Point did get moved down to three A. They're 3A. really good too. I think um, that, their quarterback was really good. Like especially when QO played them sophomore year. I think his name was like, I think his name was like Asa Williams or something like that. I'm pretty sure that was his name. Yeah. That that dude had a cannon. That guy was really good. Yeah, North Point was a good team. Although I think, as you said, they are on three A now. Yeah, they that guy they their best player that year where they played Quince Orchard State was uh Malik Lawrence. I think was his name. He was all met safety and receiver. He was really good. That guy was. I believe I believe he's at Virginia Tech now. Virginia Tech. I didn't. I wasn't sure where he went, but that guy that guy was really good, almost unstoppable. Yeah, definitely, and um. Around the state, there was so much talent this year. I was so excited to see 
what was going to happen. And no, there won't be a state playoffs. Probably, I don't know any way that there would be one in the spring for football. That yeah, doesn't seem likely. I mean, if there's even going to be seasons in the spring, um, ho- hopefully, all we can do is hope now. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's you know just shy of a miracle for us to, for sports to be happening, but. Anything to happen, anything can happen. I don't think we thought that we'd be here last spring. We don't know where we'll be in the spring. But yeah, I think, I mean, Ben, unless you have anything else to say about the team, I think we might be all done. Yeah, I think, I think we covered everything. Yeah, and um, I hope you all greatly enjoyed listening to this. If you, you know, have any feedback, interested in coming on, podcast you know if you're a fan parent athlete alumni and you have any fun stories or you'd like to come on and talk about your experience at qo games whether playing or watching we will you know gladly glad you gladly take you aboard and have you on the podcast if you're a student and interested in joining the qo sports network you know let us know dm us on instagram or twitter at qo Sportsnet. follow us there and i hope you all enjoyed Um, Hopefully we can all stick through this craziness as a community and uh, have a great day, everybody. Nice job, Ben. Uh, Yeah, good shit. That was a good one. Yeah. All right. All right. right, I'll see you later. I'm going to go watch this bullshit election. (laughs) I've been watching it this whole time. I wasn't looking at it. What else has happened? Um, uh, Biden won Vermont. No surprise again. (laughs) It's all going to be the no Um, surprise dates. Yeah. Um, I, the earliest indication, if anything, um, if Trump wins, we won't know until after today. Uh, the only Trump, I don't think Trump has any chance of winning tonight, just based on like Pennsylvania would take a long time. Uh, if Biden wins, like if um, Biden wins, if, if Biden, Biden wins like Florida or like Texas, if Biden wins Florida or Georgia, he wins the election, and those should come out in the next couple hours. But if Trump wins those, it'll be a long couple days. You think? Um, do you think Biden can win Texas? People think it's like a thought. Biden's not winning Texas. If Biden's he did, it's Texas. over though, pretty much. Hey, if he did, it's over. But he's not. Yeah, I know. All right, I, I just hope Biden wins, but we'll see. We'll see. All right. All right. See.